call to fatherhood. I believe being a father is a calling. You have been selected, you have been summoned, and God even preferred you. That's why he allowed you and me to be fathers in the earth. Loved us so much that he even gave us his name, Father. I mean, the Bible refers to God as Father so many times, and then he gives us his name. What a blessing, amen. What a responsibility. But it says train, somebody say train. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's not saying that that child is not going to sway for a season. But all it's saying is when he gets old, in other words, he's going to reach or she's going to reach a place of maturity to where she or he will come to themselves. Just like in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, it talks about the prodigal son and how he went out and was reckless and wasteful. But the Bible says in Luke 15, 17, he, he came to himself and he realized, wait a minute, why am I here acting a fool when my servants, my dad's servants got bread spare and here I am between the rock and the hard place when I don't really have to be. That's kind of how he came to that conclusion. But I say all that to say that that happens when we train our children up. They're going to make mistakes and so on and so forth, but we got to just love them through it. Wasn't that such a perfect picture of how our Heavenly Father, how he does when we miss the mark and how he's right there with open arms. When you read that whole chapter in Luke 15, it talks about how that father was there with open arms, literally a type and shadow of how our Heavenly Father responds to us when we come back to him. Amen? Because, come on, it's a travesty when someone comes back and then we're there to belittle them. That's a time to not beat them up. That's a time to build them up and tell them, okay, God is so good that Proverbs 24, 16 says a righteous man, he, he falls seven times, but he, he gets back up. And we teach and preach them that the travesty is not that you fail. The travesty is when you don't get back up. So, again, it says train up a child in the way he should go. When he gets old, he will not depart. The word train, it, it, it means to, to instruct, to teach, to coach to tutor, to educate. I like this. The word even train means to drill. I like this, to edify, to, to condition and to prepare. As fathers, it's our responsibility to edify our sons and daughters. That word edify means to build them up. The word build means to help establish and, and strengthen them and even put them back together. Another definition for train is the word prepare. We have a responsibility to even help prepare them for their next chapter. Like my son, I just sent him off to the University of Arizona. I'm praying because I've done the Proverbs 22.6. As a father, I trained him. I, I coached him. I, I edified. I, I, I built him up. I've helped strengthen him to help him get to this next chapter of his life. Now I'm praying. Now, now that he's away from home, he makes some good God decisions. I hope that he still hear my voice. Come on, somebody. Because how I many you know when you go to college, there'd be some other voices. Oh, uh, y'all can look at me if you, oh, pastor, you're going to be all right. I don't know. I'm praying. Come on. I'm up at the physical. He getting the physical on, on Friday, and we on campus, and these girls walk by talking about, what are you doing later, Isaac? I'm like, I'm looking at him. How they know you already? Like that, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> but my point bringing that up is I trained him in the way that he's supposed to go hoping he makes some good decisions while he's there come on somebody but I'm so glad that when we met with the doctor the doctor said you look like you're a really good looking young man 
He said, I just want you to know I treat people for diseases every week. He said, we've had people come here that have gotten HIV on this campus. That's all he wanted to talk about for the next two hours. I said, praise the Lord. I said, see what happens when you get caught up? Come on, somebody. That, if that don't put the fear of God in you, I can't help you. Come on, somebody. So here we are. Father's Day, talking about that we're called to be fathers. Let's look at this first clip real quick. This first clip is a little disturbing. Look at this real quick. Own up to your responsibility. Are you ready to do your duty for Rome? Yes, Father. You will not be emperor. Which wise old man is to take my place? My powers will pass to Maximus to hold in trust until the Senate is ready to rule once more. Rome is to be a republic again. Maximus. Yes. My decision disappoints you? You wrote to me once, listing the four chief virtues. Wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance. As I read the list, I knew I had none of them. But I have other virtues, Father. Ambition. That can be a virtue when it drives us to excel. Resourcefulness, courage, perhaps not on the battlefield, but there are many forms of courage. Devotion to my family, to you. But none of my virtues won your list. Even then, it was as if you didn't want me for your son. Oh, Commodus, you go too far. I search the faces of the gods for ways to please you, to make you proud. One kind word, one full hug, where you pressed me to your chest and held me tight. It would have been like the sum of my heart for a thousand years. What is this enemy you hate so much? All I've ever wanted was to live up to you. Caesar. Father. Commodus. Your false as a son is my failure as a father. so sad because in this scene the last words the dad said to the son was your faults as a son in other words your failure as a son is my failure as a father the father actually owned the fact that there were some things that he didn't download in his son 
I mean, really, this kingdom should have been given, delegated to his son, but the father was delegated to totally somebody different. Maximus, of course, if any of those of you have watched the movie. But it's sad because here it is, the father, you know, good man, but he was more interested in conquering land and killing people, taking territory, that he forgot to raise his own son. It's a travesty when your children are right there under your nose, but then you go out of your way to speak into other people's life and not even speaking to the thing that came from you. You know, I can remember when I started Kingdom, you know, I was probably, the church was probably eight months old, and I'll never forget my family, my kids called the family meeting with me. And I'm like, what's up with that? Because, you know, normally I'm the, I'm the one that do that, you know what I'm saying? And so I called, they called the meeting because they said the church is eight months old, but we don't even see you no more. And so I made a decision to make some adjustments in my life because I was, you know, my thing is I told my kids, well, I'm trying to build God's kingdom one family at a time. They like, that sounds cute, but what about us? We your first church. They hit me with that Galatian 4.16. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. I sat in that meeting with my five kids and I weak. Guess what? I made some adjustments because I don't want to have to get on my knee and look at my son or daughter and say, your failure as a son or daughter is my failure as a father because I was out here at the, doing hospital visits trying to save, Jesus, save the people for Jesus. Now, to get me wrong, those are things that I still do, but what I've done is I've developed balance. Because if you read Proverbs 11.1 1, in the King James Version, it says a false balance is an abomination to God. Even sometimes Satan can't make you sin, but he'll make you busy. Let me drop something on you real quick, people of God. Don't let Satan set your schedule. You feeling me? When I started the church, if you bumped your toe and was at the emergency, I was there. I don't do that no more. We gonna, let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, heal Sister Johnson toe. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if you dying, I'm coming. But at the end of the day, that was my zeal. That was my passion because I love people. But then I realized in saving people, I was gradually losing my family. I know over three, I don't know, but I know if you look statistically, over 3,000 pastors quit the ministry every year. Because it's hard for them to find that balance. Somebody say balance. You got to have balance. Gentlemen, fathers, let's not allow our kids, let's not be like they say the acronym SAM, silent, absent, and missing. It'll be a travesty for you to just, see the easy part is being a father from the waist down. But then you got to man up, because I always say if you lay now, you got to pay. Can I get a witness up in here? So at the end of the day, we see this man, he gets on his knee and he says, your failure, your fault as a son is my failure as a father. In other words, he's saying you didn't become the man that you were supposed to because I didn't value you like I was supposed to. I didn't take the time out to pour into your life, to speak into your life. Look at Proverbs 18 and 21. Look at this real quick. Proverbs 18 and, and 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. And isn't it interesting that it says death and life? In other words, you can speak death to your children, or you can speak life. Amen? You know, I, I grew up, you know, love my dad, but, you know, I would hear things like, well, if you don't make it to the NFL, you ain't going to make it in life. That handicapped me, so my whole thing is I thought my success was connected to a football. But really, at the end of the day, I had to learn, wait a minute, 
The NFL mean not for long anyway. I got to get out here and grind and make it happen and find out what my calling is in life. You understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, and see, I don't even put that blame on him because he didn't have a father. So he was talking out of frustration anyway. Anybody been there before? So you even got to let some of that stuff go. Well, my mama said this and messed me up for 61 years. Well, you really need to get over it. Amen. You ain't got but 25 left. Maybe. <laughs> you can't be living in your history and you trying to pursue your destiny. You still stuck on what somebody said to you 21 years ago. Come on, man. We got to grow up. Somebody say grow up. You got to grow up. But number one. Own up to your responsibility. And it's sad because the minute that the father owned up to it, it was too late. If you watch the rest of this movie, most of you know, he, the son takes the, the father's life right there on the spot. Took his life. Literally squeezed the life out of him. So number one, own up to your responsibility. Number two, you got to speak life to your children. I believe that that's one of the keys in order for your child to experience success is that you have to speak to them. Put, 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 put this up real quick. Look at Psalm 127 and 3, and then we're going to move further on to the second point. Look at this. Psalm 127 and, and, and 3. It says, Behold, children are the heritage from the Lord. They're a heritage from God. Then it says, the fruit of the womb is a reward. So we look at how God rewards us by giving us the ability to be able to multiply ourselves back to ourselves. Next verse, next verse, then it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Let's stop right there. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, and so are the children of the ones. And then look at this one. Look at this real quick. Verse 5. And it says, happy is the man whose quiver is full. They shall be not ashamed, but they shall speak uh, with their enemies in the gate. But in the interesting, go back to verse 4. I want to focus on verse 4. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. In other words, he's saying when you get a born arrow and you have the, the arrow and you got your born arrow and you, you're, you, you're aiming it, it's basically saying that we as fathers have a responsibility to aim our kids where they, we want them to go. Or even when, okay, my son told me, he said, Dad, listen, I grew up in a home where you always told me the NFL means to not for long. He said, I made a decision that I want to major in communications. I can see myself on Sports Center calling football games, baseball games, basketball games. I said, well, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to aim you in that direction. In other words, as a father, I'm going to do everything I can to help put you in a position to win. If I got to get tutors, speaking of tutors, my son, he fell short about 0.5% as far as his GPA of going to the University of uh, Arizona. We thought he was going to be a Scottsdale artichoke. Scouts were in my house, and we were like, well, you know what, because his GPA is off, his ACT score is off, and, you know, it is what it is. But then we start praying some more. I start talking to the University of Arizona, saying there's got to be something that we can do. We got to find a glitch in the system. Oh, y'all better hear what I'm saying. <laughs> they said, we figured it out. If he takes a summer school course that's nine weeks, we believe he can do it in about eight or nine days. That means he's going to have to have nine to ten hour days on a computer. And we need him to get a B, and then he'll be eligible to play at the University of Arizona. So I looked at my son. I said, you're blessed because you ain't got no job. That's your job to get in front of this computer, and you better get a B. <laughs> well, we got his test score back last week. He actually got an A, got a 92. Somebody say, won't he do it? 
He's like, I'm tired, Dad. I said, well, this is the consequence for not handling your business. You know, you want to go socialize and realize these people don't give you a pass. Anything you want in this life, you got to work for it. Can I get a witness? So it was a wake-up call for him. But my point is this. As a father, I did the extra homework to figure out how can we make this happen? Because why? I have a responsibility to put my children in a position to win. So we figured it out. Glory to God. And so we started aiming that way. Because you can either aim your kids down or you can aim them up. Let's make sure we're aiming them up. Why? Because death and life is what? And the power of your tongue. Amen? All right. So let's look at the second thing. Again, speak life to your children. Look at this next clip. I'm going pro! Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so really, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay? All right, go ahead. somebody tell you you can't do something not even me all right all right you got a dream you got to protect it people can't do something themselves they want to tell you you can't do it you want something go get it Period. Isn't it interesting that he flipped his whole script, if you will? Because at first, he began to speak death over his son. Here it is, his son makes the shot and says, I'm going all pro. And his dad basically was like, wait a minute. I was below average at doing this. Don't, 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 don't get caught up in this. I don't even want you doing this. Just knock the wind out of his son to the point to where his son, when he got a plastic bag, was ready to throw the ball away. And then finally, Will Smith realized, wait a minute, I just basically handicapped my son with my words. Because how many you know your words can handicap your children? It can either handicap them or it can make them. Another thing he says is, uh, don't ever let someone tell you you can't do something, not even me. I love that. Did you see how this little kid's demeanor shifted? First, it was this discouragement. It was this, just this, this frustration. Now, all of a sudden, the countenance of his face begins to change the minute the dad began to speak life to his son. And the last thing he said was, if you have a dream, protect it. And if you wanted something, go get it, period. 
You want something in this life, you got to go get it. You got to protect your dream because there's going to be the abortionist that will try to come that try to cause you to abort your dream, will cause you to try to forfeit phases of your destiny. So number two, let's make sure that we speak life to our children. Now don't get me wrong, there's days where we got to talk crazy to them too. But how do you know there's even a way to do that? Oh, don't try to sit up here. Every once in a while, you got to go in. Can I get a witness? Like my youngest, the spoiled one. Come on, anybody, the youngest. Every once in a while, I got to go in there, pick your drawers up, boy. Can you clean up the room? Can you take my trash out? It runs one time a week on Thursdays. Thir ain't nothing changed. Anybody had to have them kind of conversations. So at the same time, though, but I've learned that my sons are fragile, that my words matter. So I'm not going to say anything to dumb them down and belittle them. He was literally belittling his son. He was dumbing himself, dumbing down his son after this brother just hit a nice little shot. Look how little he was. He, <laughs> he was even surprised. He said, I'm going all pro. <laughs> and then you got the daddy right there knocks the wind out of him. Let's not knock the wind out of our kids. Amen? Mm-hmm. I can remember just last year, okay, my son Isaac, his freshman year, he lost the starting quarterback to a kid named Anthony. And so I go to the coaches, and I said, it's easy to discern that my son, I'm giving y'all the nice version. Because I didn't go to them as Pastor Still. I went to them as a concerned dad named Reggie. Anybody know you got two people in you? So I go off on the coach because he, play, he didn't play my son at quarterback like he should have. Well, by game three, game four, my son wound up getting the quarterback position, and that quarterback transferred to Peoria High School. So then sophomore year, we're thinking, we in the, well, okay, we got this. All of a sudden, he's fighting the position again with a kid named Jordan. So then he had to win the job from Jordan. Then junior year, we thinking, okay, we got this for the next two years, and here comes Daniel. Daniel wins the quarterback position. I call the coach. I go off on him. And he said, Pastor Still, thank you for not cussing me out. Because he knew he made the wrong decision. He says, I got kidney stones since I even made this decision to start the other kid over your son. And so I said, you know what? You're totally wrong. I said, but at the end of the day, I've said what I needed to say. We're going to let this thing play out. First game of the year, after three quarters, they like still start warming up. He wins the quarterback position. You know, they tell him they move the other kid to another position. He make him the quarterback. We win the whole state championship that year. Then the next year, senior year, I'm like, I can finally breathe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We ain't got to fight with nobody this year. So, that, of course, he didn't have to, you know, he won the state championship your junior year. You come in senior year, you that guy. So we win it all over again. But then yesterday we go up to U of A. He see a hundred cats running around his campus with shirts that say embrace the process. I said, Isaac, you a freshman all over again. You have to fight again. <laughs> I said, did you see these guys walking around here 300 pounds with eight packs? <laughs> now y'all know we grew up back in the 80s and the 90s. Linemen were fat. I mean, y'all know it's a new day. 
<laughs> but my point is this. I kept speaking life to my son when he was discouraged because he's like, Dad, I just want to quit. I'm like, no, no, no. Stills don't quit. You ain't quitting nothing. You're going to ride this out. You're going to grind this out because I believe your time is coming. But guess what? Right now, God is building character in your life because sometimes you need to go through this life experience letdown and disappointment. I'd rather you experience now at this age because when you get in this real world and somebody talks sideways to you on your job, you're not going to run. You start letting your quiz quit now, they'll quit in life. The minute they hit a wall and somebody, a supervisor, tell them to go do something that they don't like, they'll be like, I'm out of here. Because they got used to doing that when they was eight. And then before you know it, they don't amount to nothing in life because you let them quit at seven. And then I had another situation with one of my sons, Ira. He was like, Dad, please talk to the coaches because I know I'm better than the other kid. And da 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 I said, Ira, I watched the other kid. He's better than you. You just got to live with the decision that the coaches made. And he cried, and I hugged him, all that. It's going to be all right, son. They moved him to another position. But I didn't go talk to no coach that day because at the end of the day, I was at practice. The kid better than you. So sometimes you got to even go to your kids and be like, no, nah, I can't do nothing. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. Even Shakespeare said to thy own self, be true. Sometimes you're going to share some things with your children. They ain't going to not necessarily want to uh, eat that, if you will. Sometimes you just got to eat it. Come on, somebody. You, you, you can relate to that. There's some things that we was like, you know what? I'm just not good at this. I need to change my career. I need to shift my gears. I need to swerve from this because this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you just have to make whatever adjustments you got to make so that you can win in life. So let's look at this. Number one. Own up to your responsibility. Number two, speak life to your children. Put up John 6, 63, and we'll move on to our, our third and final point. Look at this, John 6, 63. This is the importance of speaking life. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Let's make sure that when we're speaking to our children that we're speaking up to them, not down to them. Let's speak life to them, Amen. Number three, don't neglect your assignment as a father. Look at this last clip. Sit down. I ain't got time for no lecture. I said sit down, Lou. You know, Will was doing just fine until you showed up. But now that you're back, you have responsibilities to him. Look, we're still going to take the trip. Oh, bull. Bull. Will is not a coat that you hang in the closet then pick it up when you're ready to wear it. His life goes on. He's not supposed to be here for you. You're supposed to be here for him. You get off my back. You think I want this? It just happened. Now, when Will was a baby, I was scared. Oh, Cut was the crap, all right? Cut it. Because I've been there. But I didn't run out on my family. I was there every day for them. Because that's what a man does. Fine, Philip. You win. You the man. You a better man than me. You happy? Now, are you going to tell Will or not? I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. Fine. Uh, I'll call him from the road. Yeah, then why don't you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. Daddy out. 
What's up? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, some business came up I gotta handle. So we're gonna have to put a, our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. That's cool. Just, just for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Look, I'll, I'll call you next week and we'll iron out the details, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing you, son. You too, Lou. Yeah. Yeah, um... I'm sorry, Will. You know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know, the Slimmies of Summer come to class wearing next to nothing. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I... Hey, you know do... what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Will. Now, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? Don't neglect your assignment as a father. As you can see, he said a lot of great things, but when it came down to the getting down, he said, why don't he want me? Because at the end of the day, every child needs that validation from a father. You know, and it's sad because even when I was talking to our children's pastor, uh, Pastor Ben, talking to my son, they said one of the worst days at Kingdom is Father's Day. Because we have so many children even now in this church who don't have fathers that are in their life at all. So it's like they're doing damage control, my son said. So sad. So my point even bringing out this topic is that we got to break the back of this spirit, that loose spirit. Sad that here it is, like Uncle Phil said, your son is not a coat that you just hang up. At the end of the day, let's not just be fathers from the waist down. Let's own the fact that, you know what, at the end of the day, we need to take care of our responsibility. I can remember becoming a father at 20 years old. Very frightening. Now I've been a father for 24 years. I had to man up. But I'll never forget, one of the person that was in my life at that time, still is to a degree, looked at me and said, life is what you make it. 
And I had to make a decision right then and there to man up. And I've even told men that just because you divorce your wife doesn't mean you divorce your children. Let's, let's break the back of that spirit. It's sad. I was looking at some statistics. Only 28 to 30 percent of African American fathers are in the home. That means out of 10 families, seven have decided to move on. That makes that child very fra- in a fragile position. I mean, here it is. Will said all kind of phenomenal things, but at the end, he said, why don't he want me? Because even he needed that validation, that person to encourage and help strengthen him. Put up a great facade. Now put up this last scripture and we're done. First uh, Timothy 5 and 8. This is, this is not what we want to become, gentlemen. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In other words, you believing in Jesus don't mean nothing if you're not handling your business as a father. Let's take care of business, fathers. Let's be the fathers that God has called us to be. Come on, give God a hand, praise. Hallelujah. Look at another man and say, man up. We got a man up. Own it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray for, again, the fathers. I want the fathers to stand even right now. Every father, if you're a father, I want you to stand. Father, 